Madridistas. Welcome to another episode of Let's Be Real podcast. I'm your host Mo and today I have with me Sunet, Farouk and Doris. We have a very exciting episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about Luka Jovic, we're going to talk about Borja Mayoral and we're even going to talk about Barcelona. But before we go on to that, first I think we should probably be talking about the Florentino Perez interview that he did with El Chiringuito recently. So guys, uh, what was your impression of the interview? Like, have you had a chance to watch it? Yeah, I watched it live. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so Doris was the was the hardworking student amongst us. She really she really paid attention to the interview and watched it live. So, uh, I think starting off, the first thing that we want to talk about in the interview, although the media has been focusing on uh, Kylian Mbappe, I think the first thing and the most important thing to talk about is Vinicius, especially in the light of the article that came out yesterday in Marca. So, if you guys remember uh, last season. Uh, Florentino Perez went on Chiringuito and he said that Vinicius was untouchable, he was untransferable. Uh, there were rumors that uh, Madrid side, like PSG, wanted Madrid to include Vinicius in any deal for Kylian Mbappe, but Florentino Perez went on Chiringuito and he said that it's not going to happen. So at that time, a lot of fans were angry because Vinicius was not performing to the level that everyone wanted him to. But right now, Vinicius is a completely different player. and. Florentino Perez again went on uh, on Chiringuito and he was praising him for his Madridismo, his uh, love for Madrid, his passion for Madrid. So, but then a report comes out yesterday that says that Paris has been trying to interfere with his contract negotiations. They're asking him to stop uh, negotiating with Madrid to run down his contract and they would pay him, get this 40 million euros a year after taxes. And in addition to that, they want to pay it, pay him like uh, a, a huge signing bonus and you know, uh, give him some business opportunities in Qatar, whatever that entails. So I'm gonna come to you guys. Let's start with Farouk first. Uh, Farouk, what do you think? Like, how do you feel about this news? And what is your opinion on nation states? You know, coming and participating in European football. So that's the thing. Like, you know, we're just here, like all behaving like uh, you know, poor kids who had their favorite toys taken away, right? So that's the thing. Like, the point is right before this. Uh, these countries came into the leagues, right? The point is like you have, you know, with the uh, Perez himself, with the Galacticos team, and you know, with the Alexis and what is and what is not, and with the Italian league when they were the Italians, you know, you literally could snatch anything you want away from anyone, you get? So that's the thing. And now we come and like, you know, we're all trying to pretend that, you know, we're, we're holier than thou, you know, that the, the we're better than other spirit that this fake Barcelona fans try to portray to everyone. So for me personally, like, you know, the thing that they're trying to interfere with the contract extension of a player. I think it's nothing new in football. This is this happens a lot. Okay, obviously they don't say it officially, but I feel this happens a lot. And even Real Madrid himself have participated in it a lot, you know. So meeting a player, convincing him that okay, just run your contract down, we're gonna give you this, we're gonna give you that. That's 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 the negotiations in football. That's how it happens. So like I wouldn't just come here and say, okay, oh, yeah, well I have my views on like nations participating in the foot in football. That's a whole different thing. But like negotiating with players, asking them to not sign or extend or promising them this and that. I feel that's 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 just part of it. And that's one of the unwritten rules of football. Like this is what people do like every day. This is what agents do. This is what food sporting directors do like every day. So for me personally, I don't find anything wrong with that. And I feel like it's very hypocritical, you know, of, 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 of Paris to come out and say, nah, you're or like, okay, Paris isn't saying so, but it's Marca saying so, it's indirectly Paris saying so, so that's the thing. So I just feel like, yeah, that's just critical of them to just come and now oh, someone is tapping up our player. They want to take us away, the jewel of the crown. But there is a way to tap up a player, though. 
right? Like, have you have you seen Barca tapping up players? They always seem to have this convulsive fit in the media, right? When they're tapping someone up, but yeah, yeah. we don't cause that, do we? So that's that's what I'm saying to you. Like, it just depends on it's like everyone has the way they do it, but like, I mean, that's something that happens. That's I think I think uh, the question or the point over here isn't the fact that uh, Vinicius is getting tapped up by PSG. I think everybody understands that this is the reality of football. So everybody like at any given moment in time, some other club is going to try and push your player. Like even the report that came out yesterday in Marca, it wasn't just about PSG. Uh, like Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, every club in the Premier League was like involved in somehow wanting Vinicius to come over to them. So I understand that, but I think the bigger problem is the numbers. Uh, let's be honest. Like Paris, uh, Paris's revenue is dwarfed by Real Madrid's revenue. Like until last season, Real Madrid was like way above them. But yeah, in the pandemic and especially with inflated sponsorships coming from Qatar for PSG, that's okay, how they. Sorry, interrupts you. Please. If I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I'm not very sure. But I kind of remember that when PSG first came, you know, to the forefront of European football, like they were very close friends with Real Madrid, isn't it so? Yeah, Florentino. Okay, Perez so I'm, but my point now becomes this: so, is it well, like did Perez just wake up and realize that oh, me being friends with El Khalifi is gonna hurt football? Like, did he just realize? No, it? no, no, no. The question isn't uh, Perez realizing it's hurting football or Perez being angry. The question is the fact that these countries, right? They are pumping, they're artificially inflating the sponsorship values. Uh, let's let's just look at Inter, right? They had a they had like they were owned by Student Group in China. Yeah. And yeah. they had a lot of sponsorship coming from China. They had a, an education. They had an education sponsorship for some reason from China, yeah. you see. And now when they want to sell, nobody wants to buy them because they know there's a lot of debt and the sponsorship yeah. income that was coming from China is not going to be there. And that's not re, that's not real value. So let's say if, uh, you know, if PSG is decided to be sold tomorrow, nobody's going to have the money to buy them because, you know, the sponsorship that they are having from Qatar will disappear, right? So I think that's the question that these countries are, you know, inflating and keeping their clubs afloat, and then they are paying players these values. Let's, let's, although there's an argument that Real Madrid used to break transfer records like on the regular, but the thing is like you have to look at it, right? The transfer record before Neymar went to PSG was 120 million euros to Manchester United, right? And then they went and paid 223 million, 220 million euros for Neymar. So they almost doubled it. So I think the question here right now is like the the income they generate, right? Is, is it fair to other clubs in Europe? What do you think about this, Sunet? Obviously, man. Like they, they had a recorded, like, what, 400-plus million loss or something. They, they were redlining over 400 million or something. So this, this is just, like, reaching that point where money just rules, man. Obviously, money rules every, every aspect of life uh, nowadays. But the way that money tends to have a say... Some 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 people might call it ironic that it's us who's talking about uh, you know monetary stuff, but the way PSG are moving, uh, it's 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 gonna be a sad day, man. Uh, where players just just tend to sec- secure the bank and and not go there for a sporting project, and it, it's been quite evident um, in 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 the recent few years that uh, people want to just go there for a good time. So, uh, Doris, uh, coming to you, I think you are one of the few people who have been lucky to be a sports person, right? So, like, what do you think about the oh, money? Don't that... be like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, among the panel, right? So, like, uh, what, what what is your opinion of this money coming up? And then when you look at Vinicius re- re- refusing 
uh, from what we know, these huge uh, sums of money. So what is your first reaction to that? Like, what is your reaction to that? Well, I think there's many layers to uh, this whole topic. Like, it's not just black and white. Like, uh, it's hypocritical from us to talk about money. Not not, not in a sense like a PSG or City or stuff like that. But still, uh, people in general and media in general are not, not a fan of uh, Madrid talking about money. But even then, like, uh, Madrid has a sense of, prestige uh, like when you come to this club you you don't just come from the money you come for for the history and for everything else but if but you have to put yourself in uh, in in their shoes like th- there's nothing that they can do to uh, persuade french people to play for them except for money and i mean it's it's just a a, a means to an end like they have to do it there's no other way like if it if it wasn't for the money, they they wouldn't have Mbappe right now because there's I really doubt that they they would uh, that they would uh, actually convince him to stay just for the project. I like I never believed uh, that uh, storyline anyway that, that that he stayed only for the project. So Wait, I think no, that no, one quick question. Sorry, Doris, to interrupt you. Yeah. Like since you mentioned it, the project, right? Like. I wanted to ask the panel, be honest, yeah, just a simple answer, yes or no. Do you think Mbappe is going to drag PSG to a Champions League title? There yes, you go. in caps lock, Y-E-S, yes, in caps lock. Yes, I, I also think. Uh, I mean, for me, the thing is more nuanced. I don't no. think he's going to be able to drag it, drag PSG alone. Yeah. It will depend on the sort of pieces they exactly, put around. Yeah. But, but I, I, don't think gonna I wanted to say that there is no way that uh, that will happen if it wasn't for the money, not not just for Mbappe, but for everyone else in that in the club, like the wage structure in the club is crazy. Like uh, their 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 most paid player is like uh, paid two hundred times more than uh, their like not youngsters, but their uh, like more younger players. Like there's there's no like uh, hierarchy in that team, and there's uh, like. Uh, you have PSG and then you have City. That City has a wage structure. You, you can't say that they don't. They mm-hmm. they do put money in the club, but they have yeah. a wage structure. That's why yeah. I'm critical of uh, PSG. Yeah. So, uh, Farouk, uh, I'll probably give you the give you the final word on this one. But then, just to come to come to, before you speak, uh, I think it's important to know that although Paris has had huge amounts of losses. No action has been taken against them by either UEFA or even the DNCG in France because of the fact that, okay, for UEFA, whatever reasons we all know exist, exist. But for did you, did uh, you hear DNC- that uh, Nasser didn't get banned even for a game? Only Leonardo got it, right? Like for the yeah, movie. I was trying to avoid it because we haven't seen the video of it. Although I must point out that the reporter who uh, who first spoke about this incident, Monica Marchante of Movistar, she she is a very well regarded mm-hmm. reporter, so. I'm pretty mm. sure she's not lying. So, uh, yeah, Khalifi's uh, uh, involvement just got brushed under the carpet, right? So the thing yeah. is, like, uh, uh, even the DNCG in France, they 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 know PSG has losses, but they are ignoring it because of the fact that they're owned by Qatar. So, mm. last words on the whole thing, Farouk, and then we move on. So the thing is this: I'll just like quickly counter Doris's point. The point is this: to be honest, I I'm not a sports person. She knows better, right? 
So I always feel like this is a business for these guys eventually, right? It's just uh, arrangement of a buyer and a seller. You come to an agreement and the uh, and the, you you get the best bidder, like the, the best value you can get for money. But the thing she says, which I don't agree is with this, that Kylian Mbappe wouldn't stay in Paris for the project. The point is this. Real Madrid are already offering this guy outrageous amount of money, to be honest. And the point is, maybe I make it too sentimental, but I will say to you right now, Kylian Mbappe comes to Madrid and wins five Champions Leagues and wins just one in Paris. That one has more value than five because he won people for his people. So the fact that he's not staying for a project, I don't buy that. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure. Like when two states are pressuring you and you're just that you're 23. I think you misunderstood what I said. Uh, I didn't mean the, uh, like like his uh, wage and his money and his contract. I meant that you have to put money in the entire club. Like if it wasn't for the money for the entire club and for the entire project. That's what I'm saying. And the Verati and Donnarumma and Navas and Ramos, definitely they went there just for the cash. But I think for Kylian Mbappé, it's a whole different story. This is my opinion, but then it is what it is. I'm saying that it that wouldn't even be happening if it wasn't for the money. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. we, we wouldn't even be talking about this. I'm going to make the boldest prediction. Yeah, like he's not going to win a Champions League with Paris. That's, uh, there you go. There you go. I, I think that's a little bit of a hyperbole because uh, Kylian Mbappe is a damn good player, even though he's rejected <laughs> as like he, he's a very good player. And I think if uh, Paris managed to put the right uh, pieces around them, there's a good chance that they could succeed. But then I, I think it, it is sad given the fact that uh, if there was if the if the money hadn't been there, in all likelihood uh, Kylian Mbappe wouldn't have been there either. Although you you make a fair point that uh, the appeal of winning. Uh, a Champions League with a with a French club has to be there. Although I must point out that PSG, even if they win, are not going to be the first French uh, French team to win the Champions League. Is uh, already Olympic Marseille won it. Yeah. So, although under mysterious circumstances, so yeah. I, I think another interesting aspect of uh, the Perez interview in Chiringuito was his uh, talk about Kylian Mbappe, and he said that at the beginning he he sounded as if you know. Mbappe had changed. He, it was as his his Mbappe his anymore. Mbappe. Yeah. So, and then he he sort of like towards the end he sort of opened the door for uh, Mbappe coming to Madrid in 2024, like 2024, mm-hmm. 2025, whenever his contract is over. I think uh, even in the group chat for for our podcast we have discussed this and said that in 2024 is when we expect this whole thing to start again, this whole circus. So, uh, I, I probably um, start with you soon at this time. All right. So, uh, what did you think about uh, Florentino Perez's comments on, you know, Mbappe and on Chiringuito? Regarding Mbappe, yeah, like, yeah. It's, do you think he it's, should it's have kept would... the door open? Do you think he should have kept the door open, or do you think do you feel that he kept the door open rather with his comments? Definitely, he does want to keep the door open. Like, it's it's a very pragmatic way that you approach it. Obviously, there was there was a lot of heartfelt stuff that that. He did say, like, I'm. I'm pretty sure he carefully man like worded it so that just so that it's, um, it's, it's the right amount of salt and it's the right amount of you know like sense if that makes sense. So um, yeah, like I feel like he definitely wanted to keep the door open. And uh, from the way he was talking, I'm pretty sure that uh, he knows how much all this ruckus has enraged the fans and whatnot. So, yeah, man, like, uh, I feel it's the right thing to do. But it, it's just, like, 
sitting here in june what like 19th or 18th 19 june 2022 sitting here like thinking that we are going to all uh roll back on what we said and what we felt in couple of years time it's 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 mad it's kind of jarring i don't want to see myself there but i'm pretty sure we'll all be there okay that, that that's interesting way to put because i'm pretty sure we'll all be there too so uh, <laughs> doris my question to you is like after you know after rejecting a club like real madrid you know in the manner you did it do you really expect like kylian mbappe would like if you were in kylian mbappe's place would you want to would you want to come back come and join real madrid in let's say 2 or 3 years if i were him after all this yeah if he, yeah ha huh. i mean <clears throat> when ronaldo was coming uh, people were also very mad that he didn't come when he was supposed to come yeah. but uh, at least he said give me one more year and i'll come in my camera please um he said give me one more year and i'll come but mbappe didn't do that and i found it funny when he said my mbappe and, and everyone caught that my mbappe everyone is talking about that but i think it's just a translation barrier because uh, it's uh, when you say my mbappe you, it's more like a possessive term like uh, like the person i talk to and the person i talk to later but it's just really funny how the media caught that and and uh basically are portraying that we own mbappe you know but as a as mbappe i think that it's still uh, it's still just it's too good of an opportunity to to not come here uh even like this year maybe liverpool could have contested for him but i don't think even then uh, he would have joined them and i i think i still think that he will come even though i'm salty about it i still think that he will come and he'll be here this is the thing yeah uh, sorry sorry okay uh, no no go ahead go ahead guys sorry like uh, people calling this my mbappe stating that it's almost like the owner and what not bro in the first place mbappe as a person yeah like as, as an individual like he shouldn't be putting out stuff out there pictures of him with posters of real money players around him Exactly. comic yeah. comics comics True. yeah all that shit fuels all this right like if he doesn't show that we wouldn't be so invested in a fucking turtle right like we wouldn't yeah but it's because of all these antics that people are so bought into mm-hmm. him and almost like he ours even before he he wears a white kit so yeah like people need to reassess how how they how they perceive stuff portrayed by the media There you go. Okay, that that's a very fair point, I think. Uh mm-hmm. coming to you Farouk, uh you know there there was this French guy who did this uh, thing that Mbappe has done this time around, although he might have done it at a lower scale uh, that was Antoine Griezmann with uh, Barcelona, <laughs> right? He had this whole video where he I don't know, he was playing Fortnite for an hour or something and then towards the end he says that I'm staying at Atleti. And then the next year he went to Barcelona regardless. So uh, do you think do you see a situation like that playing out with Kylian Mbappe and Real Madrid? To be honest, I personally hope not because I I just, you know, also in the interview I think like uh Perez actually mentioned about the fact that Rodrigo will surprise us, right? And he isn't I think he used a sentence like that if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Like Rodrigo will uh-huh. surprise us. So I'm just, you know, banking on the development of Rodrigo and the continued development of Vinicius. 
which would mm. lead to a point whereby we necessarily don't need to get him back anymore. It's not becoming like he needs to come to us and we don't see him to come anymore. So yeah. Then we can see what happens. I think it's a, it's a proven point already because he and the rest of the Europe expected us to just completely get knocked out by PSG in the round of 16 and go back home, you know, and eat tapas for the rest of the summer. But we actually won the fucking thing, man. So it's on him. I, I, I'm sure that Florentino Perez was wearing a tinfoil hat when he was talking about, you know, uh, them changing the venue of the final from wherever it was supposed to be to Paris and Saint-Denis mm. uh, between our first leg and our second leg. Uh, he was alluding to the fact yeah. that UEFA thought that maybe we were we were going to get knocked out. So uh, any final thoughts, guys, on this topic, on Kylian Mbappe? Because I think this is the time we close it. We've never touched it before. This is the one time that we touch it, and I think... We're never going to touch it again. So, any final yeah. thoughts on Kylian Mbappe before we move on? No final thoughts. If you want to come, mate, better be here soon. If you, if you want to be, you know, a, a great, great player when you when you hang up your boots. Otherwise, enjoy your money. Be the sporting minister of Qatar. That's it. Uh, uh, Farouk and Doris, uh, speaks for you. Do you have something to add? The door is not open, but it's unlocked. Uh, I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave the window open or something. No, I man, I have nothing to say, man. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a good thing Farouk has nothing to say because we know he has some allegiances to PSG, you know? We're wanting to do no, everything. Like, when I, if I say what I want to say, then it's going to be a whole thing. So I just try to keep my things to myself. Yeah. Okay. okay. Wise man. Wise man. A wise man says, you know, you talk when it's necessary. So um, moving on, uh, I think uh, another important thing that came out of the whole interview that uh, Florentino Perez d- did was uh, uh, he, he talked about Real Madrid's transfer activity uh, for the summer. And he essentially said that for now, we, we, we have closed shop until there are no departures. He talked about uh, not buying, a, uh, uh, let's say, a substitute for Benzema. He basically said that uh, as long as Benzema is playing, we're not going to bring a player and put him on the bench. And uh, in reference to that, there was also a chatter about Haaland, right? Early Haaland. So he said that, uh, why would you buy Haaland to put him on the bench? Uh, mm. do, do you guys think that uh, Real Madrid actively pursued Haaland, or is and this is just Florentino Perez trying to uh, save face, or is it true that Real Madrid are probably not interested in buying a, a top class replacement for uh, you know our, uh, Karim Benzema? What do you think, Doris? Um, well, I think uh, this all played out uh, because of the person we're not gonna mention. <laughs> Because if if all of this happened sooner, I think that there would be a possibility for for us going for someone. Like uh, for example, like, like no one expected Liverpool to cash out so much money for Nunes, but they did it. And uh, I don't think that it, it would be such a strange thing for Madrid to do the the same for the replacement of Benzema, especially with Jovic not performing and uh, this. So hopefully this uh, loan uh, he's supposed to go. So I think uh, that maybe we're gonna stretch it this more, like one more year, because uh, Hazard is uh, saying that he's gonna improve. Like Rodrigo is saying that he's gonna do stuff. I I think it's too early to to not give give them a chance after such a season, you know. So I think that it's a good thing. The the only thing is I don't think that Mariano is uh, capable enough to 
uh, even be on the sideline uh, next to Benzema. For me, the Mariano thing is pretty simple. This guy's supposed to be third striker, right? You can't really expect much more from the third striker. And also given the fact yeah. that Mariano fills the role of being a, a player who was brought through the academy and we need four of them at least uh, mm. for UEFA for Champions League. Score, at least, at least he, he shows intention. Like, Jovic doesn't, bro. Like, this guy, at least he is on defenders. He's trying to press. He's doing something. So for me, that, that's more than enough. Yeah, yeah, for me, for that reason, I, I really try avo- uh, try to avoid going, you know, full steam on Mariano. Although on the social yeah. media, everybody's always really getting angry about the fact because that I remember, bro, even in the 2016 season, like a couple of very important goals. Remember the shoulder goal yeah, that is yeah. against Depor. Yeah, amazing stuff. Like you know, he's underrated yeah. for what yeah, he does. So, so this, he's this not is, a yeah. replacement. He's not no, a no. replacement for him. And uh, it's not fair to Mariano to keep him like this. Like, he could be great at a, at a different club. Like, I don't think that any player would... He could. I said he could be. <laughs> like, um, I don't think it's fair to him, even though he's such a huge Madridista. He really is. Even though he's not playing, he's always there for the team. But I still... I, I don't think it's, it's fair to, to him to be regarded as a third striker i think he he needs some stability in his uh career he needs to play i like he used to be good when he played but he's just he's just not good enough to play for madrid and that's okay it's it's just waste of money but i i know. think uh, for mariano the door is always open for madrid side because he, he can leave anytime he wants but yeah, as long as yeah. he stays i'm not going to be too fussed about it because the fact that for madrid he knows his role he's going to be the third striker I think the funny thing is, like, for the past two seasons, we've always gone with him as the third striker, and he somehow always overtakes Jovic and becomes the second striker for whatever reason. <laughs> so, But uh, I think uh, Doris mentioned an interesting uh, player in Darwin Nunez, and uh, I was listening to uh, Fabrizio Romano during the week, and he said that after the Mbappé thing collapsed, Real Madrid tried to make an inquiry for Darwin Nunez, although the whole thing collapsed because of the non-EU thing. So... Uh, Farouk, what what is what is your take on this whole uh, replacement for Benzema thing? You know, players like Nunez, Guidi, and everybody is getting linked, but uh, Perez comes out and says, "Yeah, we're probably not going to sign anyone." Yeah, Doris hit the nail on the head when she said that the reason most likely why for the early announcement wasn't most likely going to work was because like you know, uh, uh, Kylian Mbappe was like a short team in the bank at that point in time. Yeah, so I think most of that's the reason why uh, we haven't, you know, inquired or like gone in all in for Ellen Allen. But I feel like Allen is still out there because the reports are saying that he has a release clause. But I doubt CTL feel foolish enough to get a release clause into his contract. But I don't know what it was. So I think I one of the requirements, one of one of his uh, requirements from his side was the fact that he wanted a release clause, and uh, Real Madrid was supposed to be hesitant on the fact on giving a release clause for whatever that is worth, you know. Oh, that's I don't know, man. That, let's let's just see. I'm not really, really, really sure there is something like that because I feel like City wouldn't go in. In two years, it's getting activated by us. Watch it. So I, I, what I'm saying is that if there's a release for there, really, I feel like yeah, in two years, like we can get two more seasons out of Benzema and you know, uh, activate uh, his release clause if he feels like he wants to continue playing with us. However, uh, with the Darwin Nunez thing, I'm not buying that because actually I felt like. The Kylian Mbappé team collapsing actually just, you know, inflated the market. Because the point is that you should not buy Germany for 100 million, you shouldn't buy Darwin Nunes for 100 million. 
That's the two things. You get that's true. No. Getting Tromani for 100 million euros and then going and getting Darwin News for under 100 million euros, man. Like, we've been milked, man, and it's not even anywhere in the transfer window, man. I was going to say Tromani is 80 million euros till the bonuses kick in. So, so that's it. Like, even Darwin Unions, I think it's 65 with bonus. 75 million euros. No. No, 85. 85 or 80, right? Plus no, Darwin Union is 75 plus 25 in bonuses. Uh, oh, Benfica yeah. like totally expected to reach 90 because I think 15 million of those are pretty like easy to reach. Easy bonuses. Mm. Yeah. But I don't think he's nowhere near worth it, bro. Like definitely hundred percent man. He's nowhere worth it. Nowhere. Nowhere, man. But anyways, man, it is what it is. So party guy clock, eh? Like remember how he how he used to Bang is a drum about actually, actually, I was going to bring yeah. up this point the fact that Klopp said, if ever I sign a hundred million player, uh, you know, that is the day I resign. So, okay, technically he hasn't, but maybe you could consider this to be a hundred million player. He's still here. And if you guys remember, we, we, we had some discussions before about Liverpool not, you know, not being a spending club, but uh, here mm. we are. So, mm. <laughs> it, thinks, it is what right, it is, right? right? So, but moving on, I think uh, we should be uh, talking about Luka Jovic because I think uh, it is an important story. Uh, some uh, like some outlet in Serbia broke the fact that Fiorentina are interested, although in Spain the rumor is that it's not done. So probably uh, Sunet, you could you can take over and talk about Luka Jovic, Fiorentina, and you know what to expect. Well, um, Fiorentina, I, I I I guess the earlier manager was Gattuso, if I'm not wrong. He, he got, I think he uh, left because of the whole Jorge Mendes thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a row and then he was sacked, I think, somewhere at the end of last season. Not this season, last season. And uh, Italiano was bought in. And to be fair, like, people don't like Italiano much because he just has one plan and uh, a style of play, which is a flat 4-3-3 most of the time uh, with strikers essentially dropping deep into link-up and whatnot. Uh, so people are not huge fans of his play style. Uh, they severely lack ideas and whatnot. But uh, if, if you look at the Serie A table uh, of the past season, uh, they finished at a respectable seventh, uh, earning uh, a conference league spot, which is not too bad for them. They are still under rebuild and whatnot. And they always have... Uh, uh, a small conveyor belt of fresh talents coming in. Uh, Fiorentina is a very respected club for, from Florence, but Jovic fitting into their plans, I don't know, man, because Piatek is out of the way. Like uh, People say that he's almost gone at the moment. Uh, they have uh, Cabral, uh, the Brazilian striker, which fans are pretty fond of. He, he's not the most clinical striker, uh, he was he was injured for I think a bit of last season uh, where Piatek was playing and scoring. But when Cabral was fit enough, he was immediately brought back in. And people say the overall play of Fiorentina uh, vastly improved when Cabral uh, became the main striker. So when when I was reading stuff from from the fans, uh, they say that this guy is going to be second fiddle again to Cabral. And they prefer a striker who is able to link up, you know, the midfield and the attack. So, <laughs> Jovic linking up, I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I, I think that raises an interesting question because uh, of the, you know, 
valid like how helpful this loan is for Jovic because let's be honest like from what we've seen in Madrid uh, Jovic doesn't really have the best link up play he's really hesitant to get involved you know he's not very dynamic maybe he fits in better and there's rumors that Piontek is going to leave uh, as you said because he's probably going to go back to Hatta Berlin because the loan yeah. wasn't really successful so mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's 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 very uh, you know it's it's a point to make the fact that uh, Piontek and Jovic both had one good season and then they have collapsed after that but um, yeah. there has been rumors in Spain that Fiorentina want Real Madrid to take a, a good part of the wages and probably they don't want to be Sorry? 50%, yeah. No, apparently they want Ramadan uh, to cover majority of the wages. Oh. Uh, it, it was in today's Dario Ass and they, they don't even want to pay a loan fee. So I don't really know where this where this whole thing goes. But like, like uh, uh, Doris, uh, like how would you summarize uh, Jovic's time at Madrid? You know, maybe a few words on that. <laughs> How do you what do you say about that man? <laughs> I don't think there's it has been a failure beyond words, right? Excuse me? It has been a failure beyond words. Yeah, I I was never a fan of him. Like not even when he came here. I I I like uh, the Balkan players uh, joining Madrid but everything else about him, I was never a, a fan. Even, especially, like, when you watch him play for us, the movements he makes some sometimes, it's just like he's trying to do a copy of other players instead of thinking for, for himself. And I just lose my mind when I see him play for us. So, I don't know. I, I was like, I don't hate any of our players or just, like, don't like him or anything, but he's like lower on the spectrum. I'm gonna be honest. So, Farouk, uh, giving you the fine word on the Jovic thing, do you think it was a failure of scouting from on Madrid's and you know signing Luka Jovic, especially given his struggles at Benfica, you know, before Frankfurt? He had one good season and we just you know, went ahead and signed it. Yeah, so I think you know Jovic is one of those curious cases where you like you kind of feel like okay, like. He's not been given the chances, but then on the other hand, as well, the little chances he's been given, he's not shown anything. As you guys rightly touched about on, uh, you know, Mario Marian you know, Diaz earlier, like this is someone who comes for five ten minutes, but you know what, what you're gonna get with Marian Diaz, you know, like this is just who he is. Like he's not good enough, but you know you are gonna get this from him again. But with Lukiovic, like he's not just, you know, he's not. The application has not been there. The attitude has not been there, to be honest. So I really don't know what he does in training because I haven't seen him train. So. To be honest, I feel like yeah, it's 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 a marriage that needs to divorce ASAP and wherever it goes, I wish I wish him good luck. That's just it. I don't yes, know. If work out or not. He, he doesn't he doesn't exert himself into into games. The two games he actually put himself and his body on the line, he scored a couple of goals. Remember against Sociedad, I guess. Was it? Yeah, that yeah, was the only game he played well, right? But Paul exactly, Gonkel like, he doesn't put himself out there. Like, uh, every time he plays, he's just like a, like a cone running. Yeah, yeah. Essentially a cone. Yeah, essentially a cone. Yeah. I think the guy we expect to replace him with is Mayoral, right? Because uh, Borja Mayoral, a former uh, Real Madrid Academy player, spent two seasons alone, like, at Roma and uh, the last half of it, last half of the last season at Hetafe. So, uh, Sunet, what do you think about his loan spell at Roma and... You know, if you have had the opportunity to watch him at Hatafe, like, do you expect uh, Mayoral to do well coming back at Real Madrid? Have I haven't watched him, but I've read a lot season? about him. 
I've read a lot about him, but I, I haven't had the pleasure of watching him. Uh, there's a player there. Like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be very real and say that he he might be better than Jokic. Anybody can be better than Jokic. So I mean, Zidane, I would agree with you because if if you guys remember two years ago when Mayoral left uh, Real Madrid, Zidane wanted him, you know, to continue instead of Jokic, and he wanted Jokic out. But for whatever yeah. reason, you know, Mayoral was the one who was sent out on loan. So mm-hmm. because because Jokic was bought for big money. Uh, that that's the only reason he stayed. But uh, yeah, man, there, there's a player in my world. Numbers aren't exactly prolific, but he, he he I think he has enough goals in him to be backup striker. But I put a poll up uh, on our page. Check us out on Instagram. Yeah, like let's be real, nineteen or two. But uh, I put up a poll there uh, a couple of days ago, and it wasn't fa- very favorable to Oha Mayoral. People were asking me on the post that I put up. Why are we, we he uh, he essentially got two chances? Why are we giving him a third chance? You know he's not exactly it. Which, to be fair, um, I, I can't disagree with much because he hasn't shown us that. See, uh, a secondary striker. Let me ask the panel this question: Yeah, if our primary striker may be Cristiano or Benzema at the moment. They they not, might be bagging in like twenty twenty five goals in the league, and like thirty thirty five uh, forty all comps. Yeah, how many goals do you think the secondary striker should get minimum? Farouk, you could probably go ahead. With that. I mean, for me, uh, actually, as the name goes, a secondary striker. You know, I'm not looking for the goals from the secondary striker. To be honest, I'm just looking for you know the application to be there. The drop, you know, the drop off in the level of play should be there because the point now becomes it's like the way football is evolving these days. You know, like a striker doesn't necessarily have to score the goals, but as we've seen, you know, the point is when Benzema doesn't play for us, literally we don't even know what's going to happen. The people are like worried, who am I going to pass to? And like as uh, I think more rightly pointed out, when Jovic applied himself in those two games, even away from the goals, you could see that there was a link-up play. Like there was, you know, obviously Benzema is the world best player, so there's always going to be a drop-off. But like you could see that the team could still perform. So for me, like rather than you know the number of goals, like the level of the team performance shouldn't drop too much. That's what I would be looking for in a striker for me. Not for you one goal. I'm not looking for. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree with Farouk. I think the the, the point uh, over here is the fact that Amira has to be, you know, even if he's coming on, he's he, he can be that uh, central reference on the pitch because from what we have seen him, you know, play, uh, this guy has the ability to be dynamic, to link up play, and you know, to to over a lot participate in the build up. So while personally, Amira wouldn't be my first choice as backup, but I think if we're getting if 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 it's a choice between Amira and Jovic and Mariano, I probably go with. Or Hamayra as a second keep uh, as a second striker to back Karim Benzema. And Ooh. honestly, the thing is like when you have a striker like Karim Benzema, Ooh. chances are going to be limited, right? Or so over, whoever comes on, you can have Erling Haaland on the bench. We will choose Sunil over even. You can have Erling Haaland on the bench and what? We will choose Sunil over you, which man. Like it's not even an argument. Yeah. Like I think that's not a positive argument for my world. We don't do respect. Like you know, I'm choosing you over you. It's like okay, like it's not even an argument, man. Like you're gonna choose me over you. What else will you do? You're so promising. Yeah, I, I I see the fact that you have a lot of confidence in Sunet for some reason. You wanted him as a center back. You want no, no. no the thing is, the thing is, this is the Bundesliga attacks that people uh you know like frown upon. This is this is it. Yo, which was prolific in the Bundesliga, even even on his short loan spell, at least for the starting couple of 
couple of game uh, match days he was he was pretty good but even then he couldn't get back into the side which proves again he's finito I I think you you raised a good point about Bundesliga attacks and uh, probably uh, touching upon that we could talk about another player of ours who spent some time in Bundesliga is uh, Renier right yeah. uh, he was brought in for like relatively big money although yeah he was not as big as Vinicius and Rodrigo uh, we still yeah. spent 30 million euros on him and the fact is like he didn't get a chance he didn't get a, a fair chance or fair shot or whatever at uh, Borussia Dortmund so right now the rumor is that he could go to Roma or he could go to Valladolid Doris uh, probably uh, what would you prefer if you were any like Renier? Would you rather want to go to uh, Valladolid well, or Roma? Me being a big fan of uh, Mourinho, uh, I would have to choose Roma, and especially uh, coming off uh, from a trophy and uh, an okay season, considering everything, they could have done better in the league. But I think that for for any players, I think that they should should hire. Like we have some players that shot too high, but I think that's the only way you you're gonna progress in your career. What do you I think, think for, for, Do you think it's a fair assessment, or do you think like personally, I think he should go to Valladolid. Yeah, I think he, he he would go get a more of a shot at developing there. So the point now he will get more minutes definitely, but. Still. Yeah, away from the minutes, actually, I just feel like, you know, Rainier just came, you know, from South America and directly he went to uh, Borussia Dortmund for a couple of years and I literally haven't seen him play at all. I don't know, maybe I missed, maybe he played, I don't know. But like, I mean, playing at Valladolid gives him at least, you know, an ad adaptation to the culture, to how the, you know, plays and, you know, also he gets a chance of playing and also like, because we have a good relation with Valladolid as well due to you know, the ownership of the club and what is and what is not. So I think it's going to be good for his development because like he's literally stagnated for his two years in Germany. But if you fail at Dolit, it's kind of worse than failing at Roma. Like as a person who plays sports, like that will always be in the back of my mind that uh, if I fail here, it's so much worse than if I fail at a better club. You, you, you can just say like, damn, like it just, it just didn't work out for me, you know? But if you if you don't show yourself enough, like if, if he goes to Valladolid and uh, doesn't perform, like he's gonna be unknown after that. Like there's no coming back from that. If that yeah, makes I, sense I, to you. I think that's a, that's a good point, good thing to keep in mind because you know, uh, not all of us have the ability to think like what professionals would because yeah, you have only to somebody think as a who's... player you have to think selfish sometimes yeah only somebody who has been in that situation can you know understand that but moving on i think another player of ours who's who who is coming back from loan and possibly has no play because of the non-eu thing is uh takefusa kubo uh sunet coming to you have you been disappointed with how his development has been like especially after his first loan spell at real mallorca <clears throat> essentially he was um what do you call it? He 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 was the he was the bragging point over Barcelona. That's that's an entire existence and a white kit right there because I had so much expectation about Kubo, uh, him him being a left-footed right winger and whatnot. But I was always wary of his, his stature. Uh, I knew I knew that he he for him to actually flourish, he need to bulk up significantly. Uh, but yeah, man, it, it, it's been a severe disappointment. His his loan, like people can blame all they want on 
yeah, he wasn't sent to write projects and whatnot. But it's still La Liga. It's still valuable experience. And he has, uh, to be fair to me, has shown some flashes of brilliance here and there. Like, there is a player in him, but probably he, he's, he's not. Uh, yeah, I, well. I think that's a good... Uh... That's a fair point to make, but then we, all, we also have to keep in mind the fact that uh, Kubo, even when he's coming up, like he was in a prof- prolific goal scorer. Because I think the comparison mm-hmm. that is often made is uh, Lionel Messi, and the fact is like Lionel Messi is a pretty good goal scorer, all things considered. And uh, Take, uh, like Take Kubo lacks that. But the thing is, like uh, as you said, he has still found some flashes. Real Madrid's original intention was to give him a run out this season, but given the fact that uh, Vinicius has not gotten his uh, European passport. So mm-hmm. that has been a spanner in the works and probably Real Madrid are going to either loan him or sell him with a buyback. But then uh, I, I think uh, moving on, uh, we, we have to talk about the interesting thing that come up, came up this weekend is the fact that uh, Barcelona uh, activated their economic levers for whatever, or whatever that means. And now are supposedly, you know, a huge players in the transfer, transfer window market. So, uh, Farouk, uh, what is your whole take on this? Uh, economic levers thing and you know how how do you expect Barcelona to proceed from it yeah I just felt like you know Barcelona like I don't know like it's just like how can I say I, I didn't know how to do it exactly but you know just putting a band-aid over you know something that's eventually just gonna explode in your face I don't know I just felt like they're just mortgaging their future even more like selling giving out I think 49% of the uh, BLM and then a certain percent of their TV rights although they claim they can buy them back in the future I just feel like, why not just go the way of... The point is like, okay, I get like they don't want to get left behind a lot. Or you could see like even with what uh, Xavier had done, they still qualified for the Champions League. They're still, you know, second in the league. I feel like just why don't tread that path carefully rather than, you know, mortgage everything you're mortgaging just to get players in and what is and what is not. Well, yeah, I, I don't know the economics of that, to be honest. But let's see if, if, if that's what they feel like. Selling things and balancing the books is the way forward. Then, yeah, so be it then. Yeah, for the uninitiated, I would just want to make sure that everybody understands that BLM does not stand for Black Lives Matter here. It stands for <laughs> Barcelona Licensing and Merchandising. Well, the thing Barcelona is, like, Barcelona, Barcelona they have decided that, uh, yeah, all the Black Lives do matter. But the thing is, like, uh, Barcelona have decided to sell 49% of uh, Barca Licensing and Merchandising. They have also decided to sell, uh, let's say, uh, twenty-five up to 25% of the TV rights for 25 years you know this is different from the cvc deal because the cvc deal sells 10 percent of tv rights for you know uh, uh 50 years and they probably get 270 million or something but barcelona they're expecting like 200 million for every 10 percent, so probably they want like 500 million and according to barcelona people like who follow barcelona this is gonna help them get out of the one is to four rule that they're you know struggling under where they have to spend oh, like earn four euros to be able to spend one euro so um Sunet, uh, do you think that this is a good thing, what Barcelona is doing? I don't know, man. Uh, the, the, the whole... I, I, I need to revert back to Ria's tweet, yeah? Remember, on Ria's comment on your tweet, uh, the FC and FCB stands for financial crisis, yeah? So I think I think this, is, this smells like a round two because... He's just kicking although, the can down the road, right? Yeah, it's although although Laporta intends to do good, I, I don't I don't really know with all the all the weddings taking place in Camp Nou and whatnot. As, like nowadays, it it's it's looking pretty bleak. But you, you know, mean on, it's on the, Spotify Camp Nou. It's Spotify Camp Nou. Come on, man. 
Okay, Spotify account. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just to get that in, for sure, for sure. But yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I, I just wish Barca all the luck. We need them uh, more than they need us because if we don't have that that kind of arrival in, in their... In their, in their in, in, in the element, uh, we are going to lose our edge as well. So, you know, I hope Lewandowski actually makes it. They're going to make him, like, him. he's going to make them so much more better. Uh, Doris, what do you think about Barcelona's transfer activity and, you know, Suned's uh, desire to live, want Lewandowski to come to Barcelona for whatever reason? Do you actually want him to come or, or is just for the financial reasons and for the league like do you actually think that Lewandowski would do good in Barcelona as it is right now mm -hmm. the players mm -hmm. they have mm -hmm. no I I actually want him to go there so that they can push us you know to be better mm -hmm. because without Barcelona I think we will slack that's just my opinion that is that is true yeah. mm -hmm. so I don't know I think uh, People were yeah. saying that that he should come here or that he was planning on it. And I'm so against that, that it's not even real. But for Barcelona, I, I actually agree that he would be a, a good signing for us, not for them. Oh. I mean, okay. like it's good that, that he signs for them. It, it's good for us, but not for them. I think so. I don't think it's... Okay, okay, okay. It. So but you, you think to he, look, he's a... He's a... He's a Bundesliga bully. Is yeah, that what but you're... if you compare him to Luka, the young, I mean, come on. It's it's obviously a huge upgrade. I mean, it's Lewandowski, but still. I think that I, deal could only work the fact that they have Aubameyang, right? Yeah. He, he's going to play on the one, wing. One more season, right? Yeah, I think he has one more season, right? I thought he was going back. See, that changes things. He's not going back to either. Arsenal. He, no. He's done with Arsenal. He's done with oh, Arteta. He's tired of Arteta. He could have gone somewhere else after that. Mm. I thought he was going. That, that's interesting. I, I fully expect him to stay, you know. But yeah, Barcelona fans have the fantasy of seeing uh, Ansu Fati, Lewandowski and Ferran Torres form a, you know, a really destructive front line mm. for whatever that is worth. One player they do, do not see at, at Barcelona, maybe, although they do want him to stay is Frankie de Jong. How do you think that Frankie de Jong's career has spanned out since he moved to Barcelona? And what do you guys think about his move, like proposed move to Manchester United? Do you really think it's going to go through or in light of recent events, probably going to fall? One phrase, yeah. One phrase. Chat shit, get banned. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I personally feel like, you know, he's not lived up to the hype and, you know, given the circumstances and being played out of position and what is what is not but the point now becomes eventually like you know the top players need to adapt to these things you know and Frankie has not been able to adapt so far because I think also the instability around the club also is, hasn't helped this case to be honest so I feel yeah it's 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 I think it's a it's a detriment you know to him you know leaving Barca and moving to United but I feel like there's a challenge to be taken in the Premier League and especially with Manchester United and like you know, moving to a league that has a, sorry, moving to a team that has a coach that he knows well in Harry Ten Hag, I think that's that might be a very good you know uh, thing for him eventually in the long run. Well, like I, I, I personally, I would like you know as as if I were Barcelona, like I would question the Lewandowski move and keep Frankie the That's the thing. Like let's try to build around him. Let's build a new field around him and see what you know what can happen. Like already as you guys just pointed out right now, like we have 
already am to fighting fair and Torres and Aubameyang. That's a good enough front line. That's a more than good enough front line. So I don't know what's going on, but then yeah, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes indeed. So do you guys have any comments on Frankie de Jong or should we just move on? No comments. I risk high reward equally. So. Okay. So I, I guess uh, we'll end up uh, with just talking about the academy players from Rambert that have been linked with, uh, you know, exits and uh, somebody who's going to stay. I think Juan Milatas is somebody who's been rumored to stay, although there have been offers from him from Rio. And Sergio Arribas is like somebody who was showing great potential at, at Rambert Academy. He was recently rated to be the most impactful player in the Spanish third division with, you know, uh, stats coming out that when he's on the field and has the ball, the expected goals of his uh, of players around him raises by rises by 15. So I think that's a huge impact. And the second person in those ratings was uh, Ferran Jutla of Barcelona, and he got a move to Club Brugge, I think. So Sergio Arribas is probably also in the line for a move. But his agent came out and said that he's talking to Real Madrid and they'll decide what his future should be. Do you guys think that Sergio Arribas has a future at Real Madrid? Or what do you guys think he should do this summer? Should he leave? Should he leave on a loan? Should he leave on a transfer? What do you guys think? For me, the, the midfield is completely stacked, like especially with Chormini is, is also also with us. Uh, I don't see where Arribas is gonna is gonna get a fair shot. Although I, I think he is uh, a better midfielder than Blanco. D- distinct styles, uh, I get it, but I, I don't see him cutting it, at least this season. I think it's better for him to go out on loan. If I can George, do you have any final thoughts to add? Yeah, <clears throat> I would say like really in the midfield we have, you know, uh, there's nothing to say. But on the other hand, like, you know, you can go for, for example, like for uh, uh, for the fullback, I think it's Gutierrez, right, if I'm not mistaken. And I think like for him, like there's a lot of hope, I feel like there should be a chance there with, you know, much of Marcelo retiring and what is and what is not. I think he can be a solid, you know, option at the back. But I think for the midfield, like just as soon as Bradley pointed out, like the midfield's competition is so high, and I think it's going to be very unfair for him to, you know, stay and wait for his chance. I think the thing about Miguel is the fact that with Rudiger's arrival, it's probably going to be Alaba and Mendy fighting for the left back spot. So unless Mendy decides to leave, I think it's going to be difficult for Miguel to get a shot. So probably from what I hear, probably Miguel is going to leave as well, so maybe on a loan or something. And the whole fan Garcia thing is also in the balance because, you know, if he, even if he comes back, he's not going to get a shot. So probably we'll close on the end that uh, even Mario Gila, somebody who debuted with Real Madrid this season, is probably going to leave to Rayo Vallecano. So I think this is a good point to end this episode. Any final thoughts that you guys might have? I haven't watched Mario Gila, so I'm the wrong guy to actually make a comment on it. Yeah, okay. I, I think he just played like one or two games for Real Madrid at the end of the season. So I guess that was it. With Jesus Vallejo not leaving, I don't think really any Castilla player has a ho- has hope of, you know, getting a shot in the first team. What so about I, I guess... Any news on Marco Asensio? <laughs> Marco Asensio, I, I, I think the latest news is the fact that uh, AC Milan are interested in him, but AC Milan yeah. want to pay like 30 million euros and they, they really can't match his wage demands. And uh, Real Madrid, they won 40 million euros for Asensio. And, you know, they don't want to match Asensio's wage demands either. So we'll see. Asensio has shown a willingness to run down his contract. So I think this... One, 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 small, one small question I wanted to ask before we wrap things up. Bellingham, yeah? Bellingham next season. Is it realistic? For me, I don't personally see the, see the need for him because we already have three 
midfielders or box to box he for me i would love him cuz he brings something different to the to the arsenal we have you know like like Modric. what do you think is different from you know let's say valverde he uh, i think he has the knack for a more killer pass i think he's a more natural playmaker in a box to box body if 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 i must say then valverde i, I, valverde. I think the fact is like uh, valverde because of the role he plays for andre he, he mm. has been you know he it has been difficult for him to express his playmaking style because when he plays for uruguay sure. he 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 is a lot more expressive with the ball i've seen him i've seen him with the uh, with the national team and whatnot. but uh, i'll still say bellingham is a better passer he, he he i think has the ability to make passes your modric's and your cruises make i think valverde not so much Well, I think that, that's a very high praise, but I don't watch him regularly, so I can't really I comment on that. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Jude Bellingham a lot, but I would just say this: like I feel like he plays already in the same position as Kamavinga and Oriol Chouameni, right? When they play the same position, Sorry, I can't hear you. What? I said like I haven't seen Bellingham a lot, but from what I've seen when he plays for England, he plays in the position of Chouameni or Kamavinga, those kind of positions. That's right? England being set up to fucking fail, bro. You know. But then England, even England, what position does he play at Dortmund? Huh? What position does he play at Dortmund? He plays as an eight. Hmm. I see your point. Hmm. But anyways, right? To be honest, uh, I'm not built on the hype about Jude Bellingham because one thing I know is that if there is anything, there is always you know an English media bias to this kind of thing. So like I wouldn't buy. I, I, personally, I personally have a bias. To be honest, I'm not really like keen on them because I feel like. They don't have the fight and the will to fight when things are stacked against them. You can see yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. every single one of them, be it Raz with Raheem Sterling, you know, to Dele Ali, name them all. Like you can But see. I'll like, tell you, I'll tell you, Bellingham is cut from a different cloth. You, uh, you'll see that for yourself. Nah, man, I, I don't mind that. You'll, you'll see that for yourself. You'll see that. I'm pretty know. sure. Pretty confident. Yeah, personally, uh, I'm not a big fan of Bellingham. So if any of our listeners, you know, can. and light and our bellingham space style and if you agree with that please do leave in the comments uh, yeah. we'll we love to hear from you if you need bellingham for next season especially considering modric and cruz are and just when break the bank for few for then let perez show them that yeah we are we can fight the oil country all oil clubs or all countries i don't know man go there coach for them from Manchester and bring him here and that's yeah we can know yeah this guy yeah the, the the trip from Manchester to Madrid is not an easy one to make because of you know <laughs> travel risk problems but the thing is like if you guys if you guys if you guys love our stuff please do leave comments in YouTube uh, on in the YouTube comments if you're listening on audio podcast please do make sure that you give us a rating you know give us a five star rating if you love us if you hate us please don't give us a one star but the thing is like do leave ratings and in the description at the end of our podcast episodes there is a, an option to leave a voice message so if you guys have some feedback please do leave voice messages for us follow us on twitter and instagram as soon as mentioned it's let's be real 1902 and i guess that's 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 a good point for us shout out to real madrid committee for for, oh, yeah, for collaborating with us frequently yeah. they're on an amazing page check them out on instagram real madrid committee yeah that's a good uh, that's a good page you guys will love the content they put out and we'll leave a link to them in the description so i guess this is a good point for us to end uh, hala madrid hala madrid hala madrid hala madrid